If you have your Bibles, we'll get into the Word of God this morning. Turn to Joshua chapter number 5. Joshua chapter number 5. That, of course, right in the beginning of the Old Testament there. You just start there in the beginning and start turning in. You're going to get to Joshua pretty quick. We get past the Pentateuch and you're going to be there. Joshua, the story here of God's people. Of course, you know, uh, if you've been in church for a while, you know that Joshua was a leader, took the uh, helm of leading God's people after the Moses passed away. And, and God promises Joshua, hey, like I was with Moses, I'll be with you. And, and God had given them a directive. They were supposed to go in and conquer the land. They had this promised land that they were to be given. And uh, it was their job to go in and conquer this land. And, and Joshua was given instruction by God to do this. And we see in Joshua chapter number 5, if you look down at verse number 13, there's just a couple of verses here left in the chapter. And our context for today begins in verse number 13 and actually goes down through chapter 6, verse number 20. We won't read it all currently, but if you would just look with me at these last few verses of Joshua chapter number 5. He says, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and he looked And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? I wonder if Joshua was ready to fight this guy. I mean, if he was determining, like, whose side are you on here? I just got to know whether I got to take care of you. If you're going to get in line and help us, I don't know. But he was asking him, Who are you for? Verse number 14, And he said, Nay, But as captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua has this meeting here drawn into the presence of God and given instructions for what they're to do to win the coming battles, to be victorious in the plan and the path that God wants them to go on. This morning, for a few minutes, I would like to speak to you on the plan for victory. The plan for victory. Would you pray with me and ask God to touch our hearts this morning. Lord, we come to you right now and I ask you that you would allow me to step out of the way. Lord, don't let me to be a distraction to anyone here. I pray your word would reign supreme in the hearts of your people today and that the spirit of God would do the work that only he can do. Draw us into your presence. Speak to our hearts from the word of God this morning. Help us to see the purpose and plan you have for our lives and the possibility of victory that you provide. God, would you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. God's people, under the direction of Joshua, they, they go across the Jordan River and kind of maybe I think as a testament to Joshua and a testament to God's people that, hey, just like uh, you heard the stories about Moses and just like some of you real little ones, you, you were able to experience crossing the Red Sea Now you're going to go into the promised land, and I want you to know the same God that was with Moses is with Joshua. That same God that bled and uh, that, 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 sorry, led the people out of Egypt that gave you those past victories is the same God that's with you right now. 
And they got to cross the Jordan River. And, and what a shot in the arm that must have been for them. What a reassuring testament to the fact that God was still on their side. I want you to understand this morning the God that crossed the Red Sea and the God that enabled his people to cross the Jordan and the God that gave them victory in the promised land is the God that you and I serve. And God has a plan for you to live and to be victorious in this Christian life. I know sometimes we make the Christian life to be difficult. Sometimes we make it to be hard. Sometimes we look at it and we, we say, hey, we can't do it except by the power of God. And these are true statements. But I think sometimes we, we make the ambition so difficult, we almost discouraged to attempt it. But I want you to know, beloved, that God wants you to be victorious. And God is planning for you to be victorious. He has a plan of victory for you, and it is possible for every single person in here to be victorious in the Christian life. God has a plan for victory. Joshua standing there on the other side of the Jordan River, and what do they see? Jericho. I mean, why couldn't they come up to a little tented community to start with? <laughs> I mean, the first thing they face is a great walled city. They could have come across Jericho and got a little, at least a little experience under their belt first and took care of a little tent encampment. Like, oh, here's a few people. No, the first thing they are up against is Jericho, a walled city. And Jericho, Joshua stand there thinking, oh boy, here we go. Soon as we start out, and and Jericho's right in front of us. You know that's the way it's going to be? When you start out for God or purpose to do something in your life for Christ, when you say, hey, yep, I'm on the winning side. Amen. Let's cross the Jordan. Let's go into the promised land. Let's do something for Jesus. You step out and you look up and there's Jericho. Oh, man. The obstacles. There's obstacles in the Christian life. There's things that make it challenging. Oh, Satan, Slewfoot, I'll tell you what, if you aren't here for Sunday school, you need to get on Sermon Audio and be listening to the last few weeks of lessons on Satan and his tactics. It'll help you. It'll help you. Pastor Derek's been doing an amazing job just reminding us of old Slewfoot and his desire to destroy the Christian life and the tools that he uses to do it. Satan's going to put an obstacle in your way. Oh, listen, Our adversary, he wants to stop us, but we can't let him. Booker T. Washington was born into slavery. Thomas Edison was deaf. Abraham Lincoln was born to illiterate parents. Lord Byron had a club foot. Robert Louis Stevenson had tuberculosis. Julius Caesar was an epileptic. Louis Pasteur was so nearsighted he could, had difficulty walking around his laboratory. All of these p- faced great obstacles, but they didn't focus on the obstacle. They focused on the goal and saw great victory. You and I can have victory, but understand that the obstacles are going to come. Satan's going to try and do what he can to, to put something in your way, but God wants you to be victorious. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It is a fight and not a game. We've got to get into the battle. Joshua comes here and he looks at this adversary. He says, hey, are you you for me or are you against me? Are you on my side or the enemy's side? I want you to understand this morning, there is no neutral ground. You are in the battle. And you're either on God's side or on the devil's side. You've got to decide this morning whose side are you on. And realize that you're in the fight. 
Are you for God or are you for the enemy? One or the other. There's not a neutral ground. He, he didn't come and say, oh, you get to be a, a bystander. You get to stand over here and just observe. And no, he said, I'm captain of the host, the Lord of the Lord's army. God wants us to be victorious, just as the crossing of the Jordan River was a picture of the crucified life with Christ. The conquering and the taking of the promised land is a picture of possessing that victorious Christian life that God wants us to have. The abundant Christian life. God wants you to have it, and it's available to you. And we can learn a couple of things, three things to be exact. I'm sure there's many more. Some of you might be able to expound and wax eloquent on this text. But I've got three things for you this morning from this text about Joshua and God's plan for victory that we see. Like, how, how can we have victory in our life? We'll learn from this text. First of all, I want you to know if you want to have victory, you need to listen to the word of the Lord. Joshua chapter 5 there, verse number 14. And he said, Nay... But as captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? What saith my Lord unto his servant? Joshua had an ear to hear. Joshua wanted to know what the servant of God had to say. Joshua wanted to know, hey, oh, you're the Lord, the, the captain of the host of the army of the Lord? What can you tell me? I want to know all I can from you. Can you teach me? Can you show me? Can you, can you lead me? He wanted to hear from God. Have you ever tried to tell a know-it-all something? Now, unless, lest I step on somebody's toes inadvertently, I'll apply it to children this morning. <laughs> but you know, like children, they start to get that independent streak at about one and a half, <laughs> you know, they start at the two, three, four, five years old, especially to get up there five, six, seven. And, and as mom or dad, the amount of wisdom and experience you have is so incomprehensible to their mind that it's mind boggling. Yet you come to them and you say, here, let me. And, and what do they do? They, they go, I know. I know how to do it. I know what to do. And as mom or dad, you're like, okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> and after they fuddle with it for a while, you say, are you ready for some help? And, and them stubborn ones, they're like, no, no, they're going to keep trying, right? No, no, okay, keep trying. <laughs> you know, you could show them so simple, so easy. But they know, they know. Too many of us are like that with God. God's there and he's ready and eager to show you his plan for victory. And we're like, I know, I know what to do. I've got this God. We've got an ear. We have got to have an ear to hear what the Lord saith. Beloved, let me remind you that he is the good shepherd. He's only going to lead you beside still waters. He's going to take you to those places that provide safety and comfort and help and nourishment, all that you need for your Christian life. He is the good shepherd, and we've got to follow him. But, beloved, are you listening? I think about Joshua here, a general of no small army, a great multitude of people standing behind him. And he was not puffed up in pride and saying, I know, he said... What sayest thou? Do you have any wisdom for me? 
Beloved, could I exhort you, encourage you to listen to the Lord? Listen to the word of the Lord. Hear the scriptures today. Hear what the scriptures have to say to you and I for our lives about how to live. I know sometimes in a practical way we might say that doesn't make sense. But it's what God said and God's way is always the right way. Would you hear the scriptures as God tries to teach us? We know, beloved, that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture is profitable. Beloved, this book is a powerful book. This book can change your life. It can feed your soul and bring about a change in your heart that nothing else in this world can. It's quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What else, beloved, do you know that can reach down into your soul and discern what's going on in here? Even our own heart, even our own mind, we don't know what's going on in here. But this book can We've got to hear the scriptures. Listen to what it has to say. And of course, we know from James chapter 1, we're not just to be hearers, amen? But we're supposed to be what? Doers. It's not enough just to come to church and hear the word taught and see something in the word of God and Pastor Derek teaching on Satan and his tactics in Sunday school and say, wow, that's great. But no, we've got to let it change our life. Could I ask you this morning, can I get really, really pointed with you? When was the last time you changed something in your life because of what this book says? When was the last time there was something in your life that you said, I'm not going to do this anymore because I see in the Word of God that my life should be different than this and I want to line up with the Word, not with my plan? When was the last time you started doing something and you said, hey, I see what God says in His Word I see what he wants me to do. I need to be doing this. And you said, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to do it. This is what the scripture is supposed to do. You say, oh, I hear the word preached every Sunday. But is it bringing about change in your life? Are you hearing the scripture this morning? We need to hear the saints. Proverbs 27, 6 says, fearful, I'm sorry, faithful are the wounds of a friend. I can't read with my glasses on. <laughs> faithful are the wounds of a friend. Man, what a precious thing to have a friend that'll tell you the truth. What a precious thing to have somebody that'll come to you and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, boy, we ought to be doing this. Let me help you with this. Boy, I'm not sure that's the best way to go. I don't know if that should be part of your life. Boy, you really ought to, you ought to stop talking that way you know I don't know that that pleases Jesus could you could you at least while you're around me not use that kind of language and you're like what who are you oh Mr. Goody Goody Two Shoes you get all mad at somebody that's just trying to help you be more in line with what God wants faithful are the wounds of a friend but that verse goes on and talks about the kisses of an enemy your enemy will give you a nice loving kiss I'm going to chase a rabbit right there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> you know that, beloved? 
value friends that'll be honest with you. That'll look at you and say, you know what? I don't think financially you can afford that car. What? That's the car I want. It's going to get you in trouble. It's going to be more than you can handle. I don't know if you should buy that house. Well, who are you? My financial advisor now? No, I'm just a friend. Just trying to help you. Listen to the saints that God brings into your life. Beloved, iron sharpeneth iron. That's what we're supposed to do for one another. People get so offended today, we've we've lost the ability to even be honest with each other. I'm talking about even in church, even in God's house. We're all wearing our feelings right up here. We're we're saying, "Don't, don't tell me anything. Don't say anything to me. We've gotten to the point where we're afraid to even be honest with one another. Trying to help each other. Iron sharpeneth iron. Jeremiah 25 verse 4 says, And the Lord has sent unto you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them. He says, But ye hearkened, but ye have not hearkened nor inclined your ear to hear. God says, I sent you some friends. I sent you some prophets. I sent you some, some, some instruction, but you didn't want to hear. God's plan for victory, beloved, starts when we're ready to hear. Listen to the word of the Lord as it's coming to you. I praise God this morning for the Holy Spirit. That still small voice. You know, I know sometimes we don't want to hear a friend. Because it kind of, it, it hurts when a friend tells us, right? So God can send that still small voice. Say, boy, you, you, need, to, you need to be doing this. You need to change this. Could I encourage you this morning? Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Hear the Spirit. That word quench is to put out. You've seen people with their candles, you know. I usually blow them out, but, you know, they, they, they lick their fingers and, and they, tsh, they quench that fire. The Holy Spirit is what stirs the heart of man. And God, if you're saved this morning, the, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you and he is guiding you to all truth. The Holy Spirit is trying to lead you, but you have the power as an individual to quench him, tsh, to put him out, to say, I don't want to hear it. And God might come again and say, hey, you need to do this. And and you'll, and it'll get to the point where you don't hear that Holy Spirit's voice anymore. Where God says, okay, you've effectively, effectively silenced the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's amazing that God even gives us that power. But you see, God didn't want a bunch of robots. He wants people that follow him out of love. And he does with a still small voice. He comes in and tries to draw you to himself. Amen. Revelation 3.20 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. Amen. Some of you have been fighting the Spirit. The Spirit of God has been talking to you. He's been telling you, you need to take this step of obedience. You need to do this. And you said, well, it's not really that important. 
It doesn't mean, oh, I think, I know that's what Pastor Caleb thinks, but. Love uh, it. I try very hard not to preach my own thoughts. What I think, I try and give you Bible. Now I'm human. I want you to know that I'm going to mess up. I'm going to make some mistakes. And, and, and very rarely, like once every 10 years, I, I'll probably preach something in the flesh. Now you know I'm lying. Occasionally I might get into the flesh and I'll say something that shouldn't come out of this mouth because of my own spirit. But I just say pray for me. We can squash that flesh and that the spirit will come out and the spirit will be used to, to lead God's people. But then we need to pray for ourselves that we'll hear the Spirit and respond. God's plan for victory for your life starts when you learn to listen to the Word of God. And then we see in verses 1 through 5 of chapter number 6 that we learn the will of the Lord. He says, now Jericho, if you turn to chapter 6 there, he says, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priest shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. You know, beloved, the Lord showed Joshua exactly what he was supposed to do. He showed him his, his will, his plan. I want you to understand this morning that you can learn the will of God for your life. Right. Amen. We've recently had some lessons on this, some teaching in recent days. They're available on Sermon Audio. But I want you to know that it's not a mysterious thing. God has a plan for you. And your victory in your life starts by you listening to the word of the Lord and then learning and following God's will. What God's will is for you to do. Joshua had previously learned the will of God for himself. He knew that he was supposed to lead the children of Israel. He knew that as a leader, he was supposed to take them into the promised land. And he knew that generally, the general will is they've got to go in and conquer the land, right? They knew that. Are you with me? So they went in to conquer the land. But then God says, hey, you've crossed the Jordan. You're up against this city. Let me tell you exactly what you need to do right here. Let me give you my will for this situation. You know, there's sometimes in your life, you know God's general will. You know generally what you're supposed to be doing, but sometimes you need a little more direction. God wants to give it to you. He wants to guide you in your life. He wants to tell you and show you what to do in your life. They went, God went with them. God went before them. But you understand they still had a battle to fight. Some might think, okay, I'm a Christian now. God has, uh, God's going to fight all my battles, right? God's going to take care of all these things. I'm never going to be in any more fights now. I, I, it, it's all done. I want you to know that's a, that's a philosophy that's not biblical. 
The Bible tells us you're going to fight the good fight of faith. God is going to go with you. God is going to go before you. God is going to give you victory. But there is some battling. There is some fighting that we have to do. I praise God we don't have to go into the battle alone. But we've got to remember that there is some fighting we've got to do to have victory. God showed him what to do next. You know God's timing is always right. I know we want it right now. We want it, the answer right now. I, I had the church pray a few weeks ago on a Thursday for an unspoken request for me. And it was time sensitive. It was about eight days I needed something. I needed an answer. And the following week, I told the church, I said, well, God, God answered my prayer, but it's not, not the answer I wanted. Uh, you know, sometimes the answer is not the one we want. But we have to trust that God knows. That God knows what's best. In my mind, I thought this would be best. And boy, this is going to be great. And oh, it's going to happen next week. Hallelujah. And it didn't happen. So God gave me an answer. It wasn't the answer I wanted, but God knows best. God's timing is always right. You know, they had to go. They had to march around this city for seven days. I mean, why? Why couldn't they just go stand up around the city one time and they, everybody get around the city, get ready, and then God's going to knock the walls down? No, see, God had some time, and I don't know for sure, but what this was a test to say, do you trust me? I can imagine there was probably some of the children of Israel that are in line walking around the city on day two and day three like, this is stupid. This is kind of dumb. I mean, why are we walking around this, these rock walls? Do you think we're going to shake the walls down or what? I mean, how is this going to... But you know what? They had enough faith to do it. Sometimes you might doubt God's plan. But faith does it anyway. Faith does it anyway. You, can, you might have a little doubt and you might say, I'm not sure this is going to work, Lord. <laughs> this is, in my mind, this doesn't make sense, God. But can you trust him enough to do it anyway? I think maybe God might have been testing them and saying, hey, will you, will you just be obedient? If you do, you'll see victory. Amen. God's plan for victory. You know what? He also might have been giving the, the folks, the people in Jericho, seven days to repent. Yeah. We know the long-suffering nature of our God. Even after God had pronounced judgment on the city, he said, you know what? I'll give you seven more days. If you'll repent. The people in Jericho knew. You remember the story of Rahab? They knew that the children of Israel were out there. They knew what was going to happen. That's why they were all shut up in the city. They locked the gates. Nobody could go in and nobody could go out. They, they had heard of the victories that God had wrought. Maybe God was giving them seven days to repent. Has God given you seven days? Has God pointed to you and said, listen, you need to fix this need to fix it. And he's long-suffering. He's waiting. Children of Israel were marching around the city. Didn't make a lot of sense to them. But faith does it anyway. God's tactics were clear. This was not open to their personal interpretation. I think he meant just stand up and sit down seven times, and that's good enough. We told them exactly what they're to do. 
exactly how to do it. Why are we taking God's word so many times and just making it say what we want it to say? God, God's given us his word. He's told us how to live. He told us to plan for victory. Well, I'm not sure that's really what God meant. I think it probably means this. I think maybe it would, be, it would make more sense in light of modern society, in the current culture that we're in, it would make more sense to do this. Do you think God knew what we would be in today? He knows what's going on. God's tactics work every time. They were clear. Love of the Bible still says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Do you want victory? Do you have a plan for victory? God has one for you. He's given it to us in his word. He's given it to us in his will. Are you ready to follow and do what he has for you to do? Will you do what God shows you next? You see, Joshua had to do God's revealed will before God showed him the next step. If he would have sat back on the other side of Jordan and said, okay, God, I know you told us to cross the Jordan, but I know on the other side of Jordan, there's that big walled city there. And so I, wanna, I want to know what I'm going to do with that first. You see, we might not see the whole road. We might not know the whole plan. But Joshua and the children of Israel crossed the Jordan. He probably had people asking him, Joshua, what are we going to do about Jericho? How are we going to conquer that walled city? And Joshua had to say, well, God has a plan. God has a plan. Yeah, we know, Joshua, but you're our leader. You're supposed to know what it is. God has a plan. And they get across the Jordan. They had to do what they knew to do. And here's what I'm saying. You want direction for your family, but you can't make it to church. You know what God's revealed will is for you. You know the principles that God has for you to live by. And you say, oh, but I need direction right here. I need my children to get saved and repent of their sin so they can go to heaven when they die. Well, when's the last time you shared your faith with somebody else? You know God wants us to be a witness. God wants us to tell others about his glorious works in our life. What I'm saying is, are we doing God's revealed will so that he can show us his perfect will? His specific will for our lives. Joshua had to do that. He didn't just desire it, but was ready to do it. He said, what saith the Lord to thy servant? He says, whatever you have for me to do. Point me in any direction. Give me any task. I will accomplish it for you. Can I be very direct? If you're wandering through life aimlessly, that's your fault. Because God has a plan for you. He wants to give you direction. He's given it to us in his word, and he's ready to show you his will. But you've got to be ready to hear. Ready to do. And thirdly, we see here that he had a love for the way of the Lord. He had a love for the way of the Lord. You see, God has a way he wants things done. I have often thought about preaching a series of messages on the way. On the way. Because you know that man has a way. 
There is a way that seemeth right. You see, man has a way, and Satan has a way. Well, beloved, God has a way. When I was, when I was, my first official job, of course, my dad worked me like a slave when I was a child, but my first official job that I got paid for, you know, came home with a check was Walmart, and I still remember my manager. He would stand there, he said, there's a right way, there's a wrong way, and there's the Walmart way. <laughs> I don't know where Walmart fit into right and wrong, I don't know where, how they squeeze that, but that, he would always say that in every meeting. He said, we're doing it the Walmart way, you know. Listen, God's way is always right. God's way is best. The older I get and the longer I'm saved, the more I love God's way. You know, can I be honest with you? When I was young, Anderson, 18 years old. When I was 18, can I tell you, honestly, I wasn't sure about God's way. Really wasn't sure if that's the way that was going to make me happy or if that's the way that I wanted to go. I wasn't sure it was going to bring fulfillment in life. But the older I get, the more I've learned, the more I love God's way. (laughs) Take the world's way and give me Jesus. That's what the songwriter said. Take the world, but give me Jesus, all its joys are but a name, but his love abideth forever through eternal years the same. Oh, the height and depth of mercy, the length and breadth of love, the fullness of redemption, pledge of endless life above. Take the world, but give me Jesus, sweet comfort of my soul. With my Savior watching over me, I can sing, though billows roll. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Let me view his constant smile. Then throughout my pilgrimage journey, Lights will clearly cheer me every mile. Take the world, but give me Jesus. In his cross, may, I, may my trust be. Till with clear, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. Beloved, there's nothing like doing it God's way. You've got to fall in love with it. It's so amazing what's possible when we do things God's way. You know, sometimes God's way doesn't make sense. They were walking around the walls and it didn't make sense. I remember two years ago, Alicia was home for Christmas or for summer and she was doing shipped deliveries, food deliveries and such. And that was like booming season, man. I mean, because it was 2020, nobody could leave their house. She was making five to 700 bucks a week uh, doing shipped. And she was out there working a lot of hours and making money. And she comes to me and she says, Dad, uh, Brother uh, Ramus and Pastor Jim Leslie want to know if I can come up and help them with Vacation Bible School uh, up at this, you know, Pastor Jim's church, a very small church. They need some help. And uh, I just don't know what to do. I mean, I've got my school bill and I need to earn money. What do you think I should do? I said, it's an opportunity to serve God. It's here right now. God will take care of the bill. You go serve Jesus. She went up, served at camp or at vacation Bible school that week. And what she didn't know is that week there was a man in the church that watched her life. And he said, there's a young lady going somewhere for God. And I want to be an encouragement to her. So 
he told Pastor Jim, he says, I want to give her a $2,500 scholarship. So Brother Jim called me and he says, hey, Pastor Caleb, next summer you think Alicia could come back for BBS? She was such a big help and a blessing. And I said, sure, she can. That's not a problem. We'll line it up. He says, actually, the reason we want her back is because we want to present her with $2,500 scholarship. And I said, man, praise God. What I'm saying is sometimes you look at it and say, it doesn't make sense. I need to, I need to work this job. I need, to, uh, I need to earn this money to pay my school bill so that I can get that done. And God says, I'll take care of that. You do what I want you to do. And God gave her $2,500 for one week's work. God's way is amazing. You, you, you'll never beat God's way. We know, beloved, that the way of the Lord is sure. Psalms 111, verse number 7 says, The works of his hands are verity and judgment. His commandments are sure. You know, when God says it, you can take it to the bank. God's way will lead you right every time. The way of the Lord is simple. He says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes we make God's way harder than it has to be. There's nothing like doing it God's way. God uses the simple things of the world to confound the wise. The way of the Lord is stunning. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I'm glad that his ways are higher than mine. I'm glad his thoughts are better than mine, that I I can't even begin to comprehend. You know, we had an update this morning. I couldn't help but think about Brother Sam. Those of you who don't know, Brother Sam was here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church for a number of years, serving here in our church. He's testified to this publicly, so I can tell you. Those of you that don't know him might not know his story, but you know that while they were here at Hunt Valley Baptist Church, that Hannah left him. They were having marriage trouble. They weren't sure they were going to make it. They didn't know what they were going to do. But they were committed to God's way. And over time, God brought healing to that home. Restored that relationship to where they stood here in front of this church, crying tears down their face and publicly testifying to the glorious way of their God. And how God put their home back together. And now they're out on the mission field telling people about God's way. And that there's something special about God's way. This world's got nothing to offer. This world's not going to bring you any satisfaction. It's not going to fulfill anything. It's not going to fix anything. But if you will love God's way, you'll see miraculous things. What amazing things God wants to do. You think, I'm not sure if I can do it, but I want you to know that God's way is a way of strength as well. He says in Proverbs 10, 29, the way of the Lord is strength. Sometimes you think, man, I can't do it. But if you'll commit to God's way, he'll give you the strength to do it. He'll give you the strength to do it. And he'll give you victory. We're talking this morning about the plan to victory. 
the plan to victory. Look down in verse number 20, chapter 6 and verse number 20. I'm bringing it to a close. We see here that he gives them victory. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the walls fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Joshua did what God told him to do, and the walls came tumbling down. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. You could talk. No, I'm not going to keep going. God gave victory. You follow God's way, and God will give you victory. You can have victory in your life. And I don't know what's going on in your situations and where you're sitting today right now and what Jericho that you're up against and the walls look big and it doesn't seem like it's possible. But I want you to know God has a plan of victory for you. You can have victory.